It is Wednesday, indeed, at uh, four minutes after seven o'clock. It can only mean one thing. Employment Hour here, Talk Radio, AM 640. Phone lines already open. How about that? 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, ready to take your calls. You have employment questions, stuff about severance, your boss, your workplace rights. Bring it all on until eight o'clock tonight. Lior here, ready to answer your questions. In the meantime, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Through some emails, we'll get some of those tonight. And if you haven't checked it out, severance pay calculator.com and we always start our show every weeknight and monday and wednesday with the week that was pal how was it hey john great uh, to be back here great to be talking about employment law and workplace rights and you know this is a, an interesting time now we're, we're getting into the the last quarter of the year and it's in this last quarter that a lot of personnel decisions are being made by employers. Any cost-cutting restructuring that needs to be made, those decisions happen right now because they, they need to be done before the end of the year or, or they're planning for the new year. So the, the reality is that many people, unfortunately, are going to find themselves yeah. without, a, without a job, victims of a restructuring, cost-cutting, even though they've done nothing wrong. So, so some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today and in the show in general uh, is going to be extremely important to you, things that you need to know if that ax does fall uh, and if you do lose your job or, or maybe you haven't lost your job. You just have some work issues, some work concerns. Someone is not treating you properly. There's a problem. Your boss is doing something. All those things are covered here, but we want your questions. We want to, to help, so we want to answer those questions. Give us a call. We're here till 8 o'clock. Take advantage of that. Don't suffer, uh, you know, kind of on your own thinking, believing that there's no solution. There's always a solution. So give us a call, and let's, uh, let's chat. Now, to get us started and, and warmed up here on the Employment Hour, let me talk about a couple of uh, things that I've seen or dealt with over the past few days. The first one involved a lady that called me. Uh, she had worked at a, at a plant for a number of years. Now, she had over the years suffered from panic attacks. And uh, you know, for those of you that don't know what panic attacks are or haven't had them, they can be pretty nasty. Uh, you know, it's almost like you're having a heart attack. You feel like you can't breathe. So when something like that happens, oftentimes you're not going to be able to work. Well, sure enough, last week she had a panic attack at work. And as soon as she saw it coming, she, she immediately went to her employer says, and said, I can't work. I have to get out of here. Uh, and, and literally, as, as she was leaving her workplace, she heard her employer yell behind her, well, if you leave, don't come back. Mm. Well, she went, of course, anyway. She was uh, doing very badly with this panic attack. And she did come back two days later, except she came back with the doctor's note. And the doctor's note said, you know, she, she had a, a panic attack. She's had those issues before. And uh, because of that, she wasn't able to work, but she's fine now. She gave it to her employer. And her employer said, I don't care. Wow. Okay? I told you that if you leave, uh, you don't come back. You caused us big uh, problems by leaving. We had to uh, uh, incur costs because you weren't there. So, so uh, you're gone. You're out of here. And, of course, there was not even an indication or any mention of severance. And that's when she called me very upset. She called me in tears wanting to know what does this mean? What are my rights? I, I had a panic attack. Can they let me go because of it? Well, John, hopefully you know and hopefully our regular listeners know that the answer is no, they cannot let her go, certainly not let her go for cause. The reason they can't let, let her go for cause is she actually didn't do anything wrong. There was a situation beyond her control, which was the panic attack. It sounded like she wanted to have a panic attack or she left right. for no reason. So she can't be faulted. She can't be punished for not doing something wrong, even though the employment not have liked it. So number one, that's not cause. So of course she's owed severance. 
But beyond that, the fact that she had panic attacks, that to me can be considered a disability. Someone that has frequent panic attacks could be considered to have a disability. Mm -hmm. So if she is let go because of that, John, that's a human rights issue. Of course it is. So not only was she wrongfully dismissed, the employer violated the human rights code, uh, potentially owes her human rights damages. This employer screwed up. And I want our listeners to understand it and, and learn this lesson that if you have a medical condition, you can't be punished. And your doctor's note essentially trumps everything. If your doctor says you can't work, that's it. That's the end of the game. You can't be punished because of that. You can't uh, be questioned. So remember that. Don't be don't be afraid to, to deal with your medical conditions. Yeah. Deal with them. Get better. Get healthy. Go back to work when you're able to. Your employer cannot punish you. Uh, and in this situation, I'm going to be working with her over the next few days, John, to make sure that she gets the compensation that she's owed. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. What else you got going on? So actually, uh, earlier today, I, I read an interesting article. It was about a, a McDonald's restaurant in, in Yellowknife, uh, of all places, where the manager there sent a memo to employees saying, uh, you have to speak English. You can only speak English. Uh, we don't want you speaking in any other language, uh, and we're going to penalize you and, uh, and right. uh, discipline you if you do. Now, that caused an uproar, and ultimately McDonald's headquarters kind of uh, you know, uh, decided not to pursue that. But it raised an interesting issue. Is can an employer actually do that? Well, in most situations, the answer to that is no. Now, even though our human rights code doesn't explicitly protect your right to speak in a certain language, it does pro- uh, prohibit discrimination based on race and place of origin. So our courts and our human rights tribunals have effectively decided that requiring someone to speak, let's say, just English may be considered discrimination based on place of origin, etc. So the net effect of that is an employer can't ask you and require you to speak a certain language at work unless there's a legitimate uh, reason, business reasons, why they have to have you speak only English and nothing else. Off the top of my head, I can't think when that would happen, John. So, you know, an employer cannot require you to speak just English uh, and and uh, doing that may be considered discrimination under the Human Rights Code. Some amazing stuff off the top, and we are just getting warmed up. The number 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. This is the Employment Hour. It's right here, Talk Radio, AM 640. That is the number to call, and it is uh, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. I should, by the way, give you his number if you need to call him after the show, and that one is 1-855-821-5900. Callers, as always, Lior, have top, top priority. Antonio, good evening. Hi there. What's up so re- with you? So recently I uh, applied for a position, and they asked me to submit some supervisory references, which I did. And I used uh, a former supervisor. He wasn't my direct supervisor because my direct supervisor had me removed from a site. I'm a security guard without cause, and I won my harassment charge with the union and HR. She intercepted that email, wrote the employment that I'm going for, and said that Antonio does not, he is not his supervisor, meaning the guy I put down as my reference, not my supervisor. Then she called them and said the same thing, that she he reports to me, not him. So, of course, they called me back, and now I don't know what's going on, uh, why this person is picking on me. So I need to find out what, uh, what do I do now. Well, help me understand, Antonio. Is, is what she said actually correct that 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 other guy wasn't your supervisor? Uh, that well, he is an evening supervisor. So sometimes he is an overlapping supervisor, 
but he does work with me occasionally on the site that I where I'm at. Okay. So for as an employer standpoint, he does know exactly what I do. Okay. So technically speaking, if what she said really is accurate in the sense that she really was your supervisor, even though you may have worked with the other guy, then yeah, it, it's kind of a crappy thing to do, and 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 kind of a, uh, a you know I don't understand even why she would do that. But from a legal standpoint, what she's not allowed to do is lie. What she's not allowed to do is to try to hurt you by by lying about you. So if she, if she was making stuff up, and because of that you lost something, maybe you lost this new job. Guess what? That would be illegal. It could be defamation. It could be something else as well. But if ultimately what she did is tell the truth. In that sense, that's a defense pretty much to anything and everything. So it's a very petty thing that she's doing, uh, but I, I don't know that there's a way to stop her in, in if what she's ultimately said to this person is you know, really technically correct. It is what it is in that situation, Antonio. All righty. Well, thanks for your help. I'm going to hang up and I'll continue listening. Great show. Thanks, Antonio. Bye-bye. Thanks, Antonio. Would that, would that have made a difference, Antonio, being union? No, it wouldn't, because this wouldn't is not a, a, a workplace type of situation. This is a right. situation where his former employer is potentially hurting him in finding another job, and they can't do that by, by using any illegal means, but if they're telling the truth, then ultimately that's kind of a, that's a defense, if you will. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Uh, Spiro, good evening. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you guys? Good. What's going on with you, pal? Oh, look, um, I'm a carpenter. I work for, uh, can I say the local? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, local 27. And I'm um, a single dad of three. And um, they're young kids. And uh, sometimes I'm it's just prone that I have to miss work. Um, I know it's been getting to my boss's. Uh, uh, he's been getting a little bit upset about it. But is there uh, any cause for concern on my end there? Well, no. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you're, 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 uh, you're missing work for... Well, for legitimate reasons. First of all, your collective agreement is probably going to outline uh, how many days you can take for, for personal reasons, for uh, family reasons. It's going to outline that. Now, if you go beyond those days, that you, you may you may at that point get into some, some trouble and may get into some problems. Uh, so you, you have to talk to your union. Depending on your collective agreement, there could be a lot of those days. And, you know, uh, if you have, I don't know, 20 of those days a year, it doesn't matter if your employer gets upset. Well, who cares? You're allowed to use them. But uh, if you exceed the, the number of days in your collective agreement, then, yeah, there may be a cause for concern. So you have to talk to your union about this. And it may be a situation where uh, you decide to, to, you know, if there's more serious issues with the kids, to get something from a doctor saying that you need to be there to help them, et cetera, and that would potentially solve the problem. But I... Um, I Talk to the union to find out, first of all, what what your collective agreement says, how many family uh, days or how many personal days you're allowed to take, and, and go from there. You know what? Uh, once you, you know exceed what? those, that could be an issue. You're a superstar because the doctors know that's what it's all about anyway. So, I mean, you just made my day, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bureau. You know, it's it's you gave we're just about to take a break here, but you know, you gave a lot of information the last two callers, but should reiterate that when it comes to legal matters like that, you cannot you can advise like you did, just did there, but you can't legally get involved with unions, correct? Yeah. So so right. if Spiro's employer decides to to let him go, I can't help him. I can't right. uh, I can't represent him. I can't negotiate for him. The only one that can do that is the union. If you're a union employee, you're not allowed to deal with your employer on your own or with your own lawyer. Very different, of course, from non-unionized employees 
where we can help them. We do help them every day. So a very different situation, John. Lots more to come. Open phone lines. Uh, you have concerns, give us a call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lots more of the Employment Hour is coming right up. Lior at employmenthour.com is the email. Or 1-855-821-5900. You want to call outside the show. we got open phone lines here. you got a chance to talk on air, get your uh, questions answered here before 8 o'clock. We are going to get into this, and I think you mentioned uh, this partly off the top of the show, Lior, and that is how to deal with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews this time of year. It is doubly important to listen to this. So get on it. The first one I'll throw at you is first we, um, well, like when should an employee take measures to deal with the problem, or an employee for that matter? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, we see employees and employers struggle with this issue often. Employers often don't know how to discipline uh, and when to discipline. And employees often react badly to discipline because oftentimes they feel that it's unfair, that's unwarranted. Uh, and, and a lot of questions, a lot of problems arise on both sides of the, of the equation. So we should talk about that and try to de- demystify and explain these mm-hmm. issues to both uh, employees and employers. So uh, the first situation, as you said, the first question uh, is, is when should an employer discipline? When any time that an employee engages in conduct that's inconsistent with the expectations of the employer, that's inconsistent with the standards, the policies of the employer, then discipline is appropriate. Now, it could be for performance that's lacking. It could be for conduct that's inappropriate, you know, misconduct and insubordination. Anytime the employee essentially does something wrong. Now, it has to be something that's done wrong objectively. It's not enough for the employer to, to hear from someone that the employee may have done something wrong. The employer should have probable cause to discipline. Uh, but if, as long as the employer can establish that something went wrong, that the employee didn't do something that's expected that they should have done, or they did do something that they should not have done, then guess what? That that means discipline is appropriate, and then we obviously have to get into assessing what kind of a discipline uh, and uh, when is enough enough, and all those things we need to discuss as well, John. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell to a call in tonight. Jerry, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's uh, what's going on with you? Uh, just a quick question. I'm a technical sales representative uh, here in Ontario, representing a Calgary, Alberta-based company. Uh, when I signed my employment agreement, uh, it stated the agreement would fall under uh, Alberta legislation. Now, uh, it appears we're going to be bought by a BC company, and there's a possibility I might become redundant within the company. So I'm just wondering what my entitlements would be based on that type of scenario. Hmm. Now, uh, you work here in Ontario, Jerry? I do. I'm the only Ontario employee for the company. Okay. So at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be Ontario laws that apply. You can't contract out of Ontario laws if you work in Ontario laws. That said, it's not really going to matter in this scenario uh, because your termination entitlements are not going to be much different whether it's Alberta laws or Ontario laws. So so you, you've been there for how long, Jerry? Uh, just about a year and a half now. A year and a half, and, and you're a, a sales uh, sales guy. And how old are you, Jerry? 44. So someone in your situation, if you lost your job as a result of restructuring, you're looking at about four months' pay. Okay, that's what I would assess you at. So about four months is, is what you'd be owed, and it would be, frankly, the same whether it's Alberta or Ontario. So if you're let go as a result of this restructuring, cost-cutting, whatever it is, uh, and as a result of this purchase by, purchase by the BC company, that's what you're looking at. If you don't get that, you give me a call, and I'll help you. Now, if you are offered a job by the BC company, if they want you to sign an agreement, let me take a look at that agreement. You don't want to sign an agreement that may give up some of your rights, uh, because usually they would inherit your service, so we want to make sure that doesn't get changed. 
So uh, if you lose your job, call me. If they want you to sign something, give me a call as well. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate the call. And we'll get to uh, Debbie next on the line. Hi, Debbie. Good evening. Hi. Good evening. How are you? Good. What's going on? Um, I have a question for you. I work for a business, and I've been over there uh, for longer than 20 years. And uh, we may find out next year that they may be closing, and we are unionized. So my question is, what would my entitlements be if they offer us a package? Do we accept it, um, or do should I go see a lawyer? Yeah, so unfortunately, Debbie, this it, it's bad news. And the reason it's bad news is I was telling an earlier caller, first of all, you wouldn't have the option to hire a lawyer because the union is the only one allowed to represent you. You, you, can't, you don't have the option. You can't hire a lawyer. Now, in terms of severance, uh, you, you're going to get what the collective agreement says. Usually, that's your minimum entitlements. Now, how many employees approximately for this company? Uh, I would have to say over 500. Okay. So you'd be looking at 28 weeks pay very likely only, which is six and a half months pay. And the reason I say only is because if you were non-unionized, you could be looking at much more, potentially as much as 20 to even 24 months pay. Uh, but unfortunately, with the unionized situation, the collective agreement would limit your entitlements. So you may be well looking at six and a half months, and it wouldn't even be coming in the form of an offer. They'll just pay it to you. So the, this won't be a situation. There's no severance offers in a unionized environment. That if, if they close down and you're out of a job, they'll simply pay you the 28 weeks pay, and that's that. You can confirm that with the union that what I've said is correct because the answer is in the collective agreement. But whatever the collective agreement says, that's what's going to happen, and there's going to be no other options and no other recourse, Debbie. Very different if it was a non-union situation. Debbie, appreciate your call, and we'll get to lots more. Hang on the line. We will get to you as you uh, stand by. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And your phone calls always have priority. You know that number. Call through. We'll get to you uh, as many as we can before 8 o'clock tonight. In that regard, Carlos, how are you, my friend? Not bad, John. How are you? Good. What's going on with you? Well, I got a friend, and uh, she was just recently called from uh, Rogers, uh, Rogers, uh, Rogers Cable, and she's basically been working working there since i uh, say the last was it 23 years and no notice no nothing they pretty much sold their packer stuff up and go and my question is really simple just exactly how much uh severance should she be entitled to and uh, she also came back i think it was about approximately a year and a half ago doing uh, chemotherapy she had breast cancer and that could take wow. my call off the year and i thank you so much there Lear. thank you carlos and and i appreciate you calling you're, you're a good friend for trying to help uh your, your, your friend there now, if in fact her employer let her go without compensation, it tells me that the employer at least believes that they have cause to let her go, that the employer believes that she did something bad enough to warrant a termination for cause without any severance. Now, obviously, I don't know anything about what she did or didn't do, but if she didn't do something awful, something terrible like that, then yeah, of course she's owed severance, potentially as much as two years pay. You said she's worked there for a long time. And if she also has a medical condition, uh, a disability, or, or she, she's, she's gone through or going through cancer, well, guess what? I mean, that, that if she's not in perfect health, that may mean she gets additional severance. And if the, the reason they let her go has anything to do with her medical condition, that's a human rights issue. So there's a lot to talk about here. So I really think your friend should give me a call. I mean, we're talking about a lot of compensation. Easily it could be two years pay, two years. 
So have her give me a call. Be a, continue to be a good friend. Have her give me a call. Give her my number, my email address. Let me connect with her and let me try to help her. Carlos, that number that Lior just mentioned, his number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number Lior L I O R at employmenthour.com. Emmanuel. Hello there. Hi, how are you doing? Good. What's going on with you, pal? Okay. Um I was just calling to find out because my company got sold and I wasn't aware of it till today. And um we were asked to sign uh uh just a contract with the new company. So my question is, do is my old company entitled to give us um give me severance? Um I've been there about for give and take maybe about six to seven years. And um I already signed the paper to because today was the deadline between today and tomorrow was the deadline if now you don't have a job so uh, here's the here's the answer if you in fact sign the paper and you're continuing to work with the new company then the old company does not owe you severance now I would not have wanted you to sign this agreement without seeing it first because it's quite possible that one of the things the agreement that you signed did do is say that if this new company lets you go down the road, they're not going to recognize your past service with the previous company or that your your severance rights are going to be limited. That's a bad thing. But unfortunately, uh, in this situation, it's, we can't do anything about it. But if you're continuing to work with a company that's buying the business, then no, the old company does not have to pay you any severance in this situation. Your seniority hopefully carries through. Uh, I'm, I'm just hoping you didn't give up your rights with this new company. If you want to know for sure, Send me a copy of the agreement that you signed with a new company. Let me read it and let me tell you what it says and what it does. Uh, but in, in, in always in these situations, I want our listeners to know if your business is being sold and you're offered an agreement to sign by the buyer, you have to, have to, have to get legal advice. Okay. Is that good, Emmanuel? Okay. You're good? Okay, pal. That number again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Let me get to uh, Jim quickly here before we uh, we take a short break. Hey, Jim, how are you? Good, yourself? Good. What's going on? I uh, wanted to ask Lior. i um, been working for uh, basically a financial firm for about 13 years, always uh, since uh, probably about the first 10 years. I've reported directly to the owners of the company, and uh, myself and a few other key employees basically helped build the business of this company. Uh, about six months ago, they've brought in, uh, they brought in an outside firm to basically manage everything now. They've pulled away. The company is kind of... Uh, teetering, you could say. Uh, this outside firm is now managing everything, personnel, uh, structure of sales, direction to the sales team. Basically, I report to, and, I, and I've been given directives from now uh, another entity within this company. And I'm wondering, uh, along with this, there's also been some undue discipline that they've, uh, they've, they've, they've wrote me up for basically false, uh, inaccurate items. And I'm just wondering where, where I stand or what's, uh, you know, what's the lay of the land on this? Now, now, Jim, has your job actually changed? Other than the fact that you're reporting to these new guys, uh, has your duties actually changed? No, it hasn't. And uh, your compensation is the same? Right. And I'm set up as a contractor, but I've only been working for this particular firm for the entire time, and that's who I only get paid from. But to answer right. those two oh. questions, that's what I just said is correct. I haven't. My duties haven't. Well, the, the 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 role of how I get I like go after business has changed, but the compensation has stayed the same, and my title and I guess role right. has not. 
So let's start with the fact that you're you're very very likely an employee in the eyes of the law. If you're that's your job, your only job, you get exclusively from them from them work full time hours. Guess what? You're an employee. So for 13 years, you've been calling yourself, or they've been calling you, I should say, an independent contractor. That's that's nonsense. You you are an employee. But to your specific scenario. If your job had changed, if, if your compensation had changed, this may have been a constructive dismissal. This may have been mm-hmm. a situation that may allow you to leave with severance. Right. In your situation, th- the fact that, that there's a change in a reporting relationship, probably not enough for a constructive dismissal. But okay. if, in fact, you can show that you, you've been disciplined for bogus reasons, so you've done nothing wrong and they're just trying to, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're trying to push you out, maybe they're trying to beat you down with uh, improper discipline, then that could be a constructive dismissal. You know, making up discipline where that's completely illegitimate is not something an employer is allowed to do. So if you, in fact, want to get out of there with compensation, and after 13 years, you'd probably be looking at north of a year's pay, uh, then let's talk about it. Let me find out more about the discipline. Let me understand, of course, what uh, uh, what actually happened here. Because, yeah, you're an employee, and if we can establish a constructive dismissal, you get full severance, my friend. Okay, great. Um, so what would be the next step? So give me a call. John, I'll give you the number. I'm in the office uh, all week, next week, this week. Let's chat. Jimmy, here's the number, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 That goes for everyone as well. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com through email as well. We'll take a short break. Denise, Sandy, I see you guys there. Hang on. We will get to you after we uh, get back from the short break with more of the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM 640. Yeah, you still got time to call through. That is the number to call right till 8 o'clock tonight. Get your questions answered. Uh, Denise, thank you so much for hanging on. How are you? Hi. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. No worries. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to ask about the Ontario regulations regarding working hours for managers. So I'm a manager, and I have been told that there's no limitation to the amount of hours I can be expected to work for stats, holidays, weekends, that type of thing. And I just wanted to know that that was accurate. Yeah, I know it is unfortunate, uh, unfortunately accurate in that uh, managers are exempt from any of the, the regulations and requirements when it comes to hours of work or overtime for that matter. Uh, so, so you're exempt. That said, what your employer cannot do, manager or not manager, is unilaterally change your hours of work. So if you usually used to work, I don't know, nine to five, and now they say, well, we're busy, so we need you to work nine to eight uh, in the evening. They can't do that because it's a change in terms of employment. That could be a constructive dismissal. But if it's just one of those things that you know they they make you work late every once in a while when you're really busy, uh, unfortunately, th- there's no. If, if if you get paid hourly, then you have to get paid for the time worked. But if you're on a salary, there's really no protection that the law provides in in this situation for managers. Managers are exempt, whereas uh, there's uh, strict limits and strict rules when it comes to other employees. Okay, well that does that does drive what they what they said. So it's unfortunate, but there you go. And it's not a matter of a couple of hours; it's a matter of you know every long weekend, all long weekend type of thing. Yeah, no, it, it is it is something that that that's you know unreasonable and perhaps something you can use uh, when it's time to to renegotiate salary and perhaps use that you know I've been working hard and you expect me to work long weekends. Well, I, I need something on the compensation front. But from a legal standpoint, yes, they're, they're unfortunately allowed to do that, Denise. Okay, well, thank you for the information. Thank you. 
appreciate your Denise call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Got some open lines you want to call through. You got time. We'll talk to you. Sandy, good evening. How are Hi you? Hi there. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks. Great. What's going on? Uh, I just have a question. A friend here that's uh, moved from the States and has uh, been applying for jobs. And apparently in Massachusetts, they're um, legally not allowed to ask for your salary history. Um, and it's kind of a human rights thing, like asking, uh, um, you know, your age and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there a ban like that in Ontario? It's a good question, Sandy. And the answer is no, that there isn't any law or legal uh, prohibition on an employer to ask a salary history. Uh, and, you know, many employers do right or wrong. And so, no, they, they can do that. It's up to your friend how uh, she or, or he answers it. But uh, there's nothing illegal about that question. Okay. So um, I, I guess the thinking is somewhere along the lines that if, if someone is getting a lower paid job, that they'll be offered something lower. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, uh, sure. And they do that. So how would you respond to a question like that yeah, if, you didn't, if you didn't want to give that information? You know, I, I mean, it's, it's a question of how persistent the employer is. I mean, if I was going to avoid trying to avoid, I, I would say that, you know, my, my, my salary, uh, my, my previous positions were very different than this position and, and you know, w- really weren't comparable with this particular role. Uh, and and uh, given the fact that you've had someone in this role, I'd like to know what your thoughts are in terms of compensation, something like that. But what I will say, <laughs> Sandy, is if, she, if your friend is going to tell him, uh, give him a number from your past history, I would be honest. It's never a good idea to be dishonest and give a false number. So either okay. not give a number and try to work around it, like I've just said, or, okay. or give the right number. It's never a good idea to lie in those situations. Okay, great. Thank you so much. It's been very informative. Thank, Thank you. you, Sandy. Appreciate you. Your new driver. Oh, I make three hundred k a year. No problem. No problem. I only work two days a week. It's brilliant. <laughs> Could you imagine? We'll uh, we'll take one final break here. Get to more of your phone calls, George, Peter. That uh, that means you. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty for everybody else as well. As we get to 8 o'clock here on the Employment Hour on your Wednesday talk radio, AM640. Get down to our last uh, few minutes here. Always the phone calls are our uh, top priority. Peter, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, pal. What's going on? Hey, so my sister-in-law is a cashier at a uh, major supermarket chain, and they're one of the people who were recently allowed to start selling beer. Beautiful thing. And okay. she, she, was, she was told that she had to take the training, the smart serve training, and... Uh, to, to be able to cash people out with beer. And she told them she didn't want to, and she was threatened with her job if she didn't take the training. Yeah, so oh, I'd, I'd like it's, it's a question. Yeah, no, my, my, my understanding with, with SmartServe is that, in fact, to, to be able to, to sell alcohol, you, you, have to, you have to go through it. Now, usually it applies in the hospitality industry, but, but I, I, I do think it would apply in this situation. And, you know, it's, it's a very good question. I haven't been asked that. What I'd like to do, Peter, is I'd like the opportunity to look into that uh, very quickly. So what I propose is, why don't you give me a call in the office tomorrow? Let me take a look at it in the morning, and I'll have a full answer for you because, you know, I'm surprised this hasn't come up before. Ultimately, if the law doesn't require them to, to do that, then they can't impose that on her uh, and, and threaten her job. It's only a question of, if they have no choice. If it's a legal obligation on them, then you know what? It is what it is. But I'm not sure that it is here. So I'd like well, the opportunity to look I'll, into that a bit I'll more, ask. Peter. I'll be Go happy ahead. to call you tomorrow. I'll give you a little added here. 
not every cash lane sells a beer. Only a couple of them have a sign there, and you have to go to that cash to get it. Mm. So right. there are people there who don't have to do it. Got it. Got it. Okay, let, let me look into that. I'll have an answer for you tomorrow. Give me a call at the office. I'd be happy to, to tell you what I found. Peter, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We have never had that question. I mean, it hasn't been a terribly long time since they've been having alcohol in grocery stores. Right. But, no, we've never had that question before. And it's I should actually find out the answer, so I'm going to do it. And I'll share it with our listeners next time we're on. And, uh, George, we'll get to you. How are you? Hey, good, thanks. What's going on, pal? Um, I, I believe, I think I have a, uh, I'm losing my job. Uh, it's an American company. I work up in Canada. I'm a computer programmer. Uh, they've been giving me less and less work to do, and there's been a lot of reorganization happening, and I don't seem to fall under anybody new. So I'm wondering, uh, I've, I've been there 28 years. I'm wondering what sort of severance I should get. 28 sure. years? Uh, George. 28, yes. Wow. Yeah. So, so George, uh, what kind of job? What do you do exactly? Uh, um, um, programming. Computer programming. Okay, programming. Okay, got it. And, and how old are you, George? I'm 52. So, yeah, you would be looking at 22 to, to 24 months pay is, is what the severance for you would be, you know, certainly in the 20s. So so uh, it's a significant amount, uh, George. If they let you go, and if it's anything less than that, you have to mm-hmm. give me a call. Uh, if it's a, if it's an American company, you may find that they're offering you less because oftentimes they don't know the laws or they don't respect the laws that we have here in Canada. But someone in your situation, yeah, right around 20 to 22, even as high as 24 months pay is what I would assess you at. Anything less than that, George, would be a wrongful dismissal. George, that number, one 821 5900 And quickly, John, we'll get you in here before we wrap it up. How are you? Not bad. My question is, uh, my wife's company changed owners. Does she have to go with a new owner? So the question to that, the short answer is no, but if she doesn't go with a new owner, uh, she will get severance, but she may only get very little severance unless there's a good reason why she doesn't go with a new owner. And by new owner, what I mean, uh, or a good reason what I mean is maybe the hours are, are different, the compensation is different, the, the role is different. If there's a good reason like that why she doesn't want to go with a new owner, she gets full severance from the previous company. If she just doesn't want to, then she gets severance, but she gets a lot less. Before she makes that decision, I want her to give me a call. Let me assess it properly. But uh, the short answer is no, she doesn't have to go with the new owner. And she has to get severance from the old owner. The old owner, exactly. Not the new company. The old company, exactly. Oh. Uh, Can she get that after the company changes hands? Yes. I mean, if she starts working with a new company, even if, even if it's a day, then she's employed by them, then she can change her mind. If she's never actually started working with a new company, then she gets severance from the old one. John, one 821 5900 if you have any more questions, we're going to squeeze it right to the end here. Matt, quickly, what's, uh, what's your question, pal? Hi, I'm a security guard, and I was just listening, and yep. I have to have a smart serve as a security guard. Really? Why? Okay. With alcohol or the consumption of alcohol, because I have to deal with drunk people. If I'm working at a bar, if I'm well, at a hotel or something, anyone who is legally required to deal with someone who may have consumed alcohol or will be consuming alcohol or buying alcohol is required to have that. They're smart, sir. 
Well, that's good. That's good to know. I didn't. I didn't know that. And, that's and very so cool. that haven't qualified that it, the right? Cashier. Yep. That the cashier would have to as well. But I'll look into that more, and I'll fill all of us in uh, next time we're on the air, John. And we're just about done for now. In the meantime, the number to get a hold of Lior, 1-855-821-5900. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And if you find out what your severance should be, like Lior made reference to several times today in his head, but you can do it on the computer or your laptop or your tablet. It is severancepaycalculator.com. Find out that real amount. Till next time, the Employment Hour, right here, Talk Radio, AM 640.